Now kicks and fires the one-two pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out, and that ends the inning. And the freshman from Beatrice gets Nebraska out of the danger zone here in the bottom of the third. Here comes the one-two to carry. Drilled in the center field. That's a base hit, and we are tied here in Arlington. Overbeek touches home. What a nice two-out rally by Nebraska here on the fifth. The two-out single, the stolen base, the air, and a solid single off the bat of Dylan Carey. His third RBI of the season, and we're knotted at three. Huskers need to take advantage of the 2-0. Gray swings and blasts it to the moon and gone! A three-run home run for Sidney Gray! And the Huskers take the lead. 4-3 Nebraska on that ball that was utterly crushed over the fence in left center. Set brings it in, hit hard on the ground to third, backhanded nicely by Overbeek to throw to second for one, the throw to first in time. How about that play around the horn? Overbeek from ball to stone for the double play. The first one on the way from Smith. Ray on a changeup swings and lifts it right center field and deep, and it's gone. Sydney Gray with her second home run of the game, and Nebraska pushes the lead to 8 3. This is the Scarlet Sluggers. Your go-to show for all things Nebraska baseball and softball. Here's your host, Camden Cohn. And with that, welcome into the very first episode of the Scarlet Sluggers on KRNU2. I'm your host, Camden Cohn. And I'm very excited to get started. We have a lot to talk about today because this past weekend, the Nebraska baseball team began their 2024 campaign down in Arlington, Texas at Globe Life Park in the Shriners Classic. In the season opener on Friday, the Huskers played the Baylor Bears in what ended up being a really well-played game for just the first game of the season. Oftentimes in the first few games of the season, um, there's a lot of mistakes, but that just wasn't the case as the two teams were scoreless until the sixth inning when Nebraska finally got on the board thanks to a key two-out hit from sophomore Dylan Carey. Here's the pitch. Carey swings and rips one into right center field. That's down for a base hit. Brumball around third. Dylan Carey throws the first punch as he dives into second base. And in there with an RBI double. And the Cornhuskers strike first in Texas. It's 1-0 Big Red. Carey moved over to shortstop this season after playing at third base most of last season. And he's looking to take another big step forward this year with the absence of Bryce Matthews and Max Anderson on this year's squad. Baylor was able to answer in the bottom of the sixth with a run of their own to tie the game at one apiece, but Nebraska was able to get back in front in the top of the eighth. Riley Silva was hit by a pitch, and he advanced to second on a sacrifice bunt by Oklahoma State transfer Caden Brumbaugh. Then Dylan Carey stepped up to the plate with two outs once again, looking to give NU the lead. Here's the 3-2 pitch. Drill to left field, racing over near the line is Jordan and lays out and can't make the catch. It bounces away from him, rolls over to the foul line. Scoring is Silva, to second is Dylan Carey. He's got two RBI doubles in this game and Nebraska back in front, 2-1. to one. As you heard from Greg Sharp with the Huskers radio network, that was Carey's second RBI double of the game and that was a key hit to give Nebraska the lead late. But Nebraska wasn't done, as in the top of the ninth, Garrett Anglum stepped up to the plate for his first at-bat of the season. So Pulvita comes set in the pitch. Drill to left field. That's hit hard. Wesley Jordan going back, looking up, and it is off the top of the wall. It is gone. Home run. They'll say it landed on top of the yellow. It's a home run for Garrett Anglum. 
his first at bat of 2024, and Anglum just gets it on top of the yellow line and left for a home run. So Anglum added that solo home run, and then later in the inning, Caden Brumbaugh knocked in Riley Silva to add on an additional insurance run as the Huskers got their first win of the season in the season opener, 4-1 to over Baylor. It was a really strong effort by the Nebraska pitching staff as Brett Sears went five and a third innings. He only allowed one run on just three hits and struck out seven. And then freshman Tucker Timmerman from Beatrice, Nebraska, ended up getting the win as he went one and two-thirds innings of shutout ball. Then maybe the most impressive thing from the Baylor game was that Nebraska didn't walk a single batter. If you don't walk people, you'll continue to have a chance the rest of the season. So now let's fast forward to Saturday to game two of the Shriners Classic. Nebraska went up against number 21 Texas Tech, and the Red Raiders started off hot. After a scoreless first inning from Husker starting pitcher Will Walsh, Texas Tech was able to get two runs on three hits, including a ball that ricocheted off of third base and into the dugout for a ground rule double. You don't see that very often. So Nebraska manufactured a run in the bottom of the second, though, thanks to two walks in an RBI ground out from Garrett Anglum. Both teams scored another run in the third inning, and NU trailed 3-2 after three innings of play. After Will Walsh put up zeros in the fourth and fifth innings, and then Dylan Carey collected his third two-out hit of the weekend to tie the game up at three after five innings. Here comes the 1-2 to Carey. Drilled in the center field. That's a base hit, and we are tied here in Arlington. Overbeek touches home. What a nice two-out rally by Nebraska here in the fifth. The two-out single, the stolen base, the air, and a solid single off the bat of Dylan Carey, his third RBI of the season, and we're knotted at three. So the game remained tied until the top of the ninth inning when Texas Tech scored three runs thanks to three Nebraska walks and three hits. The Red Raiders led 6-3 to three as we headed to the bottom of the ninth. Nebraska got singles from Riley Silva and Josh Overbeek, but were unable to score as they fell 6-3. to three. And finally, the last game of the weekend for Will Bolt's squad came against the Oklahoma Sooners Sunday morning. The Sooners were coming off of an extra innings win over Tennessee Saturday night in a game that got over past 11 o'clock Central Time, and this one started at 10.30 Central Time. So the Sooners looked a little tired to start as Nebraska scored two runs in the top of the first inning thanks to an Oklahoma miscue. It's pitch. Half-hearted swing and a miss. Off the throw to first to complete the strikeout. And a wild throw over the head of the first baseman. Headed home and scoring is Josh Overbeek. The ball gets away from the catcher. Here comes Carey down the line. Sliding, safe, 2-0 Nebraska. So thanks to the Sooners' miscue, the Huskers started off hot. Oklahoma answered with a run in the bottom of the third inning after an attempted pickoff from Caleb Clark hit off the runner at second and allowed the runner at third to score. So NU led 2-1 to one after three innings. And after a scoreless fourth inning, the action picked up again in the fifth. After a single from Riley Silva and a double from Caden Brumbaugh, Josh Overbeek came to the plate looking to continue his hot weekend. And the 3-2 pitch. Little floater over the head of the third baseman and past the diving shortstop. Scoring is Silva. Here comes Brumbaugh around third. He will score. Huskers add two to the board. It's a 4-1 big red lead after the RBI single from Josh Overbeek. That extended Nebraska's lead to 4-1, to but the Huskers weren't done yet. After a ground out moved Overbeek up to second, Josh Karen stepped up to the plate. Now the 0-1. 
That's a hot shot. Base hit center field. Rounding third is over. Big key will score, and the Huskers add to their lead. Now up 5-1. to one. So that made it 5-1 to one Nebraska. But Oklahoma answered with two runs in the bottom of the fifth off of Drew Christo to trim Nebraska's lead to 5-3. to three. The Huskers added another run in the top of the sixth to make it 6-3. But Kyle Perry entered the game to pitch for Nebraska in the seventh and let up a two-run home run to make it a one-run game again and stayed that way until the bottom of the ninth when Casey Dice came into the game to try and close out a Husker win. Dice walked the first batter, but then got two consecutive flyouts. However, Michael Snyder doubled down the left field line to score the runner from first, and then a single from Jackson Willits ended the game in Husker heartbreak once again. Dice comes set, and the pitch. Lined up the middle into center field. Base hit. Oklahoma has won the game 7-6. to six. As Willits picked on the first pitch and lined it back to the box, scoring Snyder. And OU with two in the bottom of the ninth. Rips one away from Nebraska here today. In the final, Oklahoma 7, Nebraska 6. So what a tough loss for Nebraska there against Oklahoma as they fell 7-6 to six and went 1-2 on the weekend. But they easily could have gone 2-1 and one or 3-0 and oh had they not blown consecutive games in the ninth inning against quality teams. So don't get me wrong, Texas Tech's in the top 25, and they moved up in the rankings when they came out on Monday. They moved up to 18th after the really good win um, against Nebraska, and then they also beat Oregon in that Shriners Classic as well. But Oklahoma's a really good team as well. Like I said, they beat Tennessee, who is a borderline top 10 team coming into the weekend. And they were able to beat Tennessee and then Nebraska with such a short turnaround. So both these teams are really good. But I think this weekend can be kind of a weekend you look back on later in the season that when you're looking for more quality wins or some RPI boosters, um, this weekend easily could have done that for Nebraska. Had they even gone two and one, you'd be looking at this weekend a whole lot different than one and two result that they ended up with. So there's some storylines from the weekend. Just the first weekend of play, obviously, so still plenty of room to improve. But Nebraska was plagued by strikeouts all weekend. They struck out 14 times against Baylor in Friday's season opener, another 13 times against Oklahoma, and only seven times against Texas Tech. So that was a little better. But, I mean, you bookend it with 14 strikeouts against Baylor on Friday and then 13 against Oklahoma. I mean, that's 13 of your 27 outs. You didn't even put the ball in play. You struck out. So there are multiple instances over the weekend where Nebraska just struck out in key moments. And you've got to hope that isn't a trend for the rest of the season. And just looking at the starting pitching. So Friday and Saturday, Nebraska had decent games. It's Will Walsh went five and two-thirds innings on Saturday against Texas Tech and allowed just three runs against a talented Red Raider team. He struck out four and was an out away from a quality start. And then Brett Sears on Friday. He went five and a third innings against Baylor and allowed just one run on three hits and struck out seven to start the weekend off right. So, I mean, on Sunday's game against Oklahoma, Caleb Clark didn't do quite as well. He only went just over three innings. But on that Sunday starter, a lot of the time they aren't going to give you six, seven innings because you're down to your third best starter, and that's really why you get the relief pitchers. So Nebraska's relief pitchers, for the most part, did a really good job over the weekend, um, just in those dang ninth innings um, against Texas Tech when Jalen Worthley came in and allowed a couple hits and a couple walks, a high-stakes moment for the sophomore there from Lincoln East. And then yesterday with Casey Dice, 
um, who Nebraska's looking at as a closer. Um, he just couldn't close it out, and that was kind of a struggle for Nebraska all weekend. So looking at a couple positives, some potential Player of the Weekend nominees. Um, I really liked Riley Silva. He's the JUCO transfer that started in center field all three games for the Huskers. He hit 364, and he stole two bases as well. So a lot of speed when he gets on. So he had a really good weekend, as did Dylan Carey. He hit 308 and had three RBIs, all of which came with two outs. And that's something Nebraska struggled with last year again, was getting those clutch hits with two outs. So hopefully that can continue with Dylan Carey. So let's switch over to Nebraska softball. They had a really busy weekend as well as they played not one, not two, but five games down in Las Cruces, New Mexico. They started with a doubleheader against New Mexico State on Friday afternoon. Before the game, we found out that all Big Ten member Billy Andrews was out with a concussion after she was hit by a ball in practice. So NU was already shorthanded after Jordy Ball tore her ACL the opening weekend down in Mexico. So in the first game of the doubleheader, Nebraska fell 3-0 after New Mexico State's Desiree Spearman held the Huskers just one hit. And get this, she homered as well in New Mexico State's win. In the second game, though, Nebraska bounced back with a 4-1 victory. So even though Nebraska got the win in the second game, they did fall behind 1-0 after the first inning of play. But then they scored the final four runs as Rhonda Ravel, head coach of Nebraska softball, got her 1,100th win as Nebraska head coach. While New Mexico State lost their first game of the season, so New Mexico State's a pretty decent team as well. And Sarah Harness started and earned the win as she allowed one run on four hits in just four innings. And then Emerson Cope, she made her debut. She wasn't expected to pitch a whole lot for Nebraska after they got Jordy Ball, but after Ball went down with the torn ACL, she ended up picking up the save after scattering just two hits and three scoreless innings of relief. And now if we look at the offense, so Nebraska tied its season high at this point with eight hits. Bella Bacon and Alina Felix each had two hits, including one double apiece. Felix, Sidney Gray, and McKin- McKinley Maleka all drove in a run, as did Brooke Andrews with her first home run of the season. And, I mean, really, this game was just much better overall for Nebraska. Um, they got the runners in scoring position in, um, like I said, eight hits. And then Alina Felix had a really good game. She was two or three. That was her first career multi-hit game as well. And then Bella Bacon, a transfer into the program from Purdue, went two for four with a double. She also had her first multi-hit game as a Husker, second of her career. Um, it was just a really solid outing and one Nebraska needed. Um, you can't drop two games to New Mexico State. That's a team that you should be able to beat both times, really. But to salvage the second game um, was really good for Nebraska. So now let's flip over to the first game on Saturday, and that was Nebraska against Montana, still down in New Mexico. And this one was interesting. Um, Nebraska ended up winning 15-4, to thanks to a 13-run fourth inning. And it didn't start that way, though, as Nebraska took a 1-0 lead in the top of the first. Andrews reached on a one-out single, that's Brooke Andrews, and was at second base with two outs following a stolen base. And Bacon brought Andrews home with a two-out RBI single to right field. But then the Nebraska defense faltered in the bottom of the first as Montana took a 4-1 to lead, scoring four unearned runs as the first two batters reached on throwing errors before Nebraska missed a chance out at getting out 
on a soft infield single. And then really, I mean, the defense in that first inning just kind of faltered. But then, after trailing by three until the fourth inning, they scored 13 runs. Huskers loaded the bases with no outs on a pair of walks in air. And then Alina Felix drove in the first run with a bases-loaded walk that marked the end of the day for the Montana starter. So then Peyton Cody came in to pinch hit, and she had a two-run double that tied the game at four apiece. Then Caitlin Neal gave Nebraska the lead with a sack fly that scored Emerson Cope. And then Bland followed with an RBI double that scored Ashley Smetter before an RBI bunt single from Brooke Andrews put Nebraska on top 7-4. to four. Then Ava Breadwell brought Andrews home with an RBI double for Nebraska's fifth consecutive hit. So, I mean, that's just a huge inning that Nebraska kept going. That's just how it started. And then they ended up getting all the way to 13-4 to cap that 13-run inning. So Nebraska added to the lead in the fifth as they led 15-4 after that. And really, that was an impressive offensive showing for Nebraska. It marked its first time scoring 15 or more runs since February 25th, 2023 against New Mexico, so over a year ago, or a little under a year ago, rather, at the time of this episode. Nebraska also set season highs with 16 hits and 8 extra base hits. All 10 Huskers who had an at-bat produced a hit, and 9 players scored a run, 8 had RBIs. So a really good bounce back, great way to start the day on Saturday against Montana. But the Huskers weren't done yet, they still had another game against Sacramento State. So this was the first of two games against Sacramento State, as Nebraska would play Sacramento State Sunday as well. But this is the second game on Saturday, and it was actually a really competitive game. Um, Nebraska ended up pulling it out 5-4, to four, thanks to two runs in the third, two runs in the fourth, and a run in the fifth. But Sacramento State led early, as they scored a run in the first and a run in the second. So they were up 2-0 two to, two to after two innings. And they got a run in the 6th and the 7th as well. They outhit Nebraska 11-8. Nebraska made an error. Sacramento State did not. And, I mean, really, Nebraska coming back to win that was pretty impressive because they struck out more times. They did walk more times. But Sacramento State had more at-bats. And that was Nebraska's third straight win. And they needed that. Um, They've all come from behind in all three wins. Bella Bacon had a career-high two RBIs in the game, her first career game with multiple RBIs. She was two for three for her third straight game with multiple hits. And Alina Felix was also two for three to produce her third consecutive game with multiple hits as well. Then transfer Peyton Cody hit her first home run as a Husker in the fourth inning. That was her 21st of her career. And Emerson Cope earned her second save in three games for Nebraska. And that improved Nebraska's record to five and three. So they were 2-3 and three coming into the weekend, and they won all three games to start there. And let's get to the final game against Sacramento State on Sunday. You could call Sunday's game the Sydney Gray game, as she absolutely carried the Huskers to the win. NU trailed 3-0, to zero, heading into the fifth inning, until Gray came to the plate with two runners on and two outs in the top of the fifth. Huskers need to take advantage. The 2-0. Gray swings and blasts it to the moon and gone. A three-run home run for Sidney Gray. And the Huskers take the lead. 
4-3 Nebraska on that ball that was utterly crushed over the fence in left center. So that gave Nebraska the 4-3 lead, but Gray wasn't done yet for the game as the Huskers were looking to add some insurance runs in the top of the seventh. Again, with two runners on base, Gray delivered. The first one on the way from Smith. Gray on a changeup, swings and lifts it. Right center field and deep, and it's gone! Sydney Gray with her second home run of the game, and Nebraska pushes the lead to 8-3. And the score would stay the same, as Nebraska won 8-3 and went 4-1 on the weekend. Nebraska came from behind in all four of their wins, and if we're looking at a player of the weekend for Husker softball, I think I'd have to go with Sidney Gray. Gray had those two home runs in the final game of the weekend and had a career-high six RBIs in that game, but had 10 runs batted in on the weekend. I also think you have to give it up for the Nebraska freshman pitchers, Caitlin Olenski and Emerson Cope. They only allowed one run in 12 and a third innings, and the play of these freshman pitchers is ever so important now with the injury to Jordy Ball the first weekend of the season. So after a successful weekend in New Mexico, let's look at Husker softball's schedule for the weekend. Nebraska will head to the Mary Nutter Classic in Cathedral City, California, where they'll play five games against really solid competition. The first game will be Friday at noon central when Nebraska plays San Diego State. The Aztecs are 5-5 five and five, but have played a really tough schedule to date. They have wins over top 25 Kentucky and beat UC Santa Barbara as well. Their losses include third-ranked Stanford, Minnesota, and top 25 teams in Oregon and Texas A&M. So San Diego State will be no slouch in the opening weekend for Nebraska. In the second game Friday, at approximately 2.30, Nebraska will play one of the teams joining the Big Ten next season, UCLA. The Bruins are 3-4 and four and are coming off of two games in the Clearwater Invitational. They defeated Florida State last Friday 14-10, but fell to Georgia in their second game of the day, 7-2. UCLA is off to a rough start, but I expect them to bounce back as they are traditionally one of the powerhouses in college softball. On Saturday, and you will play another team joining the Big Ten next season, the Oregon Ducks. The Ducks are 6-5 and five and will certainly put up a fight at noon on Saturday. And finally, to close out the weekend for Husker softball, the Huskers will play two games on Sunday, the first against the 5-4 and four Utah Utes, and the second game will be against 6-3 and three Cal State Fullerton. So a tough weekend on tap for Nebraska softball. We'll see if they can improve on their four-game win streak down in California. Let's flip back over to Nebraska baseball one last time. They're coming off of a one-and-two weekend down in Arlington, Texas, and will travel down south once again, this time to Phoenix, Arizona. The Huskers will start a four-game series with Grand Canyon, also known as GCU, and they will actually start playing the series on Thursday, which is kind of odd for baseball as they're typically Friday, Saturday, Sunday series. But nonetheless, Nebraska will get an extra game down in Phoenix. Taking a look at GCU, they competed in the MLB Desert Invitational this past weekend, where they were 2-0 with a 5-2 victory over Georgetown on Friday and an 8-1 win over USC on Saturday. They do have one more game in the Invitational against BYU Monday afternoon. GCU also has a midweek game on Tuesday against Ohio State before they play their four-game series with Nebraska so it'll be interesting to see the pitching depth that GCU has as they will play six games this week, every day but Wednesday. First pitch times for the weekend are Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at 6 p.m. Central, 
and Sunday at noon and can be watched on ESPN+. Let's look at a couple of keys for the weekend for Nebraska baseball. In order for them to pull out a couple wins against GCU, I think it has to start with the pitching staff. You got some great starts from Brett Sears and Will Walsh this past weekend, but Caleb Clark's start on Sunday was lackluster, and you only had to play three games in Arlington, but will play four this weekend. So who do you look for for the fourth game on the mound? I think that Drew Christo can be an option to give you a couple of innings one of the games. He was a highly heralded recruit out of Elkhorn, Nebraska, and opportunities to enter the MLB draft out of high school, but really hasn't flashed yet at Nebraska. His fastball can get up to 94 or 95 miles per hour, but he's lacked consistent success throughout his career. Let's see if Christo can make a stride in his third season with the Big Red and get Nebraska some quality innings this weekend. I think you can also look at Tucker Timmerman, the freshman out of Beatrice, Nebraska. He had two relief appearances this past weekend in Arlington, and he was really good in both appearances, didn't allow a run, and pitched multiple innings. And he was a starter in high school down at Beatrice High School, so I think that he's someone you could also look at that the coaches have obviously really thrown into the fire and have a lot of faith in. As for the offensive side of the ball, I think that Nebraska's approach last weekend wasn't great. In an interview with the Huskers radio network after the game, Coach Will Bolt said this about the approach. Quote, I thought it was terrible, he said. I thought our offensive approach was abysmal early in the game, and then you look up and we put up five runs in the first five innings against a good left-hander. That's why there are some positives there. We were pretty resilient within the game where it looked like we were pretty clueless for a lot of the game. Then we pieced together some clutch hits. Overbeek sparked us there, and we had some clutch ones after that. End quote. When you strike out 34 times on the weekend, it's going to be tough to win games. I like the two-out hits from Dylan Carey, but Nebraska needs some power. They hit one home run in Arlington. Granted, it's a major league ballpark, so the fences are a little farther back than a lot of the parks that Nebraska is going to be playing in. But it's hard to score if you can't get extra base hits. So look for NU to have a better approach at the plate in their second weekend of action down in Phoenix. To wrap up tonight's show, let's just look at some stat leaders for Nebraska baseball from their first weekend of play. Again, they went 1-2 and two down in Arlington. But Joshua Overbeek had a really good weekend for Nebraska. He hit 417 had five hits and 12 at-bats, two RBIs, five total bases. He did walk once as well, and he played a really good third base as well. He had a couple double plays, five putouts total, and just a really solid weekend for the JUCO transfer, Josh Overbeek. Riley Silva hit 364. He had four hits and a slugging percentage of 364. He had 13 putouts in the outfield for Nebraska in center field, so good job from him. Dylan Carey's hitting 308. He leads the team with three RBIs. Again, those were all with two outs as well. Josh Karen hitting 300. He has one RBI, three total bases. And Caden Brumbaugh is hitting 273. Garrett Anglum just 200, but he does have the only home run on the team. Tough weekend for Gabe Swanson. He was held hitless in six at-bats, as was Clay Bradford in four. It's kind of a tough weekend for those last few guys. Let's look at some of the pitching stats real quick. Tucker Timmerman. Got the only win of the weekend for Nebraska. He did appear twice. He pitched two innings, allowed just two hits, struck out one, and allowed one double. Ty Horn came out of the bullpen as well. He pitched one and two-thirds innings, allowed one run, no earned runs either. Evan Borst, one and one-thirds innings, and he allowed no runs as well. Jalen Worthley came out of the bullpen against Texas Tech and had a rough go of it. He allowed 
one earned run, allowed two hits, and walked two as well. And so did Casey Dice on Sunday's game against Oklahoma. He pitched one and two-thirds innings on the weekend, allowed four hits, two earned runs, and walked one. It's kind of a tough weekend for those last couple of guys, but Timmerman, Horn, and Borst had really good weekends out of the bullpen for Nebraska. And let's finish by looking at some Nebraska softball stats. Peyton Cody leads the team in average. She's hitting 583. Does have one home run that she hit over the weekend, as well as three RBIs and 11 total bases. Alina Felix is hitting 500. She has seven hits in 14 at-bats, including a double and three RBIs as well. And Bella Bacon, transfer from Purdue, sitting 391. She has nine hits in 23 at-bats, has three doubles and four RBIs as well. And then Sydney Gray had that huge weekend. She's only hitting 259, but she has seven hits in 27 at-bats, three home runs, that's best on the team, as well as two doubles and 11 RBIs, good for 18 total bases. And on the mound, Emerson Cope, Leads the team in ERA at 1.00. She's only appeared in four games, though, in seven innings pitched. So she does have the least amount of innings pitched out of the Nebraska pitchers. Kaylin Kinney has a 2.76 ERA. She's 3-2 and two on the season in 25 innings pitched. And Sarah Harness is at 3.27 ERA with 1-0 record in 15 innings. And that's going to wrap up tonight's show. Thanks for tuning in to the first episode of the season. I have a lot more content coming up in the coming weeks, including more recaps of the Nebraska baseball and softball action, potentially some interviews with experts and players, and more previews of the next weekend's action. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central on KRNU2. I'm Camden Cohn, signing off for Episode 1 of the Scarlet Sluggers. Thanks for tuning in.